This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, a podcast made by students for students. My name is Joanne Pio. And I will be your host for today's show featuring our guest, Chloe Givens. Chloe Givens is a second-year pharmacy student from South College School of Pharmacy and the founder of Fast Forward Farm Blog. Welcome to our show, Chloe. Hi, Joanne. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm super excited to be here and to be able to speak with you about everything pharmacy. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on today's show. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I am currently in my second year of pharmacy school, and I attend school at South College School of Pharmacy, which is located in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, So I actually grew up in Knoxville, um, and I was actually born in Hawaii, which is kind of like a fun fact that I like to tell people. Um, but both my parents were in the military, um, and so they were stationed there, and then they had me, and then right afterwards, we moved to Knoxville, which is where um, my dad's family is originally from, so I've grown up here my whole life, and uh, along with starting my second year of pharmacy school, I just recently finished up my last IPI rotation, um, which are our uh, introductory pharmacy practice experiences. Um, And so my last one was at Kroger Pharmacy. So I got to see the retail side of pharmacy again, which was really fun. And I also recently launched um, my own blog uh, right when I started pharmacy school. And it's entitled Fast Forward Farm. And you can find everything related to pharmacy there, what to do once you get accepted into school, how to kind of manage your time once you're in school, what to expect. So that's kind of been my little side gig that I've been doing since starting pharmacy school. Wow. I don't even know what to say. You have so much on your plate right now. President of APHA. Then you have your blog. Wow. Yeah. This, uh, this past quarter was kind of like a whirlwind. I just felt like I was kind of bombarded with a lot of new things because, um, Like you mentioned, I did just step into my leadership role um, as president of our uh, APHA chapter. So that was kind of a new transition and all the responsibilities kind of came at me at once. So I kind of had to learn how to kind of juggle that this past quarter with all my studies and everything. So you mentioned quarters. So what's unique about your school is that you're at an accelerated program. Like what does that Mm -hmm. mean? Um, So our program is accelerated, as you mentioned, so that basically just means that we uh, condense everything into three years instead of the traditional four years, Um, and we are on a quarter system uh, versus semesters, so we have four quarters per year, 
So our years start in June um, and then it'll go until September and then we'll have a week break um, or well, I guess it's actually a three week break and then we'll come back to start fall quarter and then that goes up until about December and then we do finals and then we're off for school for the holidays and then we come back in January and start the winter quarter. And then that goes until about March and then we'll do spring break and then March to June again is our summer quarter. And then we'll start the next year in June. So I guess the only difference based on what you just said is that with a traditional school, a four-year school, you get the whole three months off for summer. Mm -hmm. But in your school, you don't have a summer. You only have a three-week summer Mm -hmm. vacation. So that's a little different there. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to go to an accelerated program versus a traditional program? Um, So the reason why I chose to do an accelerated program is basically because it took me four and a half years to do my undergrad degree, um, just because I kind of changed my major a few times and just really wanted to decide what I was passionate about and what I wanted to pursue. Um, So once I graduated, I knew that I was going to pursue pharmacy and I knew that that was going to be, you know, my career path. So when I found out that accelerated programs even existed and that there was one in my hometown of Knoxville, it just kind of seemed like a no brainer to me. And I'm all about, you know, getting things done as quick as possible. So doing a doctorate program in three years versus four was super appealing to me. It is super appealing. I just don't know if I could handle it. What yeah. are- See, I, I thought that too, but it's not, it's not as bad and as crazy as it sounds. Well, what are some of the advantages of doing the accelerated program? Um, so some of the advantages you have the obvious, which is you finish a year earlier, which is super cool. Um, but you're also kind of thrown headfirst into everything. So you kind of have to adapt quickly, which for me was fine. Um, just because I'm the type of person who I kind of get anxiety when I have like a lot of free time on my hands. And so the thought of, you know, not having a summer break wasn't, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. I actually liked that better because you don't have to worry about trying to retain all that information during a long summer break. You kind of are just building on it and accumulating all that information the whole time. Um, So I think that's a big advantage. What are some of the disadvantages of doing an accelerated program? Um, So some of the disadvantages would be because it is so fast paced, a lot of times that can be really overwhelming for some students, especially if they're, you know, not the best at time management and scheduling their time. Um, So that can sometimes be a challenge. Um, And along with it being fast paced, you're also studying constantly. So, you know, you kind of really have to love pharmacy and love Uh, being in pharmacy school and be really passionate about it to keep yourself motivated to study all the time. Um, Another thing that I've noticed is that with uh, our big organizations like SNAFA and APHA, sometimes we have issues trying to plan things and kind of get projects and things started because we are kind of crunched for time. And I didn't really realize that that was a problem until I went to um, SLI, the summer leadership um, program that they did in April uh, through APHA. And I got to talk to a lot of other students who were at other accelerated programs. 
And they all said the same thing. Like they just have an issue trying to plan all of these projects and get things jump started because you are crunched for time. Um, so I think it's really just the time issue that's the biggest disadvantage. You just don't have as much time as someone who's in a traditional four-year program. And then I have another question. You, you mentioned that you just finished your IPPEs. So mm-hmm. do you start doing that right when you go to get to school? or? It's not our first semester. I'm trying to remember. Oh, quarter. Sorry, quarter. quarter. Yeah, right. See, now I'm getting confused. <laughs> um, it wasn't our first quarter. I think we started our IPI rotation in third quarter. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we started, if I remember correctly. Um, but I do know that a lot of students don't even start their IPIs until either the summer before their second year or once they start second year. Is that right? Yeah. So I did it the summer before my second year. So do you feel like um, you knew enough information going into the IPPEs that you were able to help the pharmacists? So for me, I had a little bit of uh, prior pharmacy experience just because I worked uh, with CVS before I started pharmacy school. So I kind of knew some of the medications and I wasn't walking in completely blind, but a lot of the students in our class didn't have prior pharmacy experience and they were all fine because all of the preceptors know that we are starting our first year. And so they're really helpful with getting everyone acclimated and, you know, kind of making sure everyone is not freaking out and they're all, um, they all know what's going on and they know what they're doing and they feel confident talking to patients if they need to. And, um, just kind of giving, uh, like their two cents, I guess, with the preceptor. For our pre-pharmacy student listeners, what is Mm -hmm. one thing that you wish you knew before you started the accelerated program that you didn't know before? Like what's one tip you would give to them if they're deciding, you know what, I don't want to do a traditional program. I want to do an accelerated Mm -hmm. program. Um, One thing that I wish that I knew going into it is, I did have friends who told me, you know, you're going to have to study every day. Like there's going to be no downtime. You know, you're really going to have to stay on top of things. And I think my first quarter, I was just like, you know, like, yeah, right. I don't have to study every single day. But, you know, it kicked in and I realized right around my second quarter that I really did have to kind of stay on top of things. And, you know, when your professors tell you, okay, you need to pre-read for Wednesday's lecture, they're not kidding. Like, you really do need to pre-read for the lecture because you go in and you sit in class and they just kind of fly through the PowerPoint. And it's kind of overwhelming sometimes because you're sitting there thinking, okay, like, I'm used to, you know, going through these lectures really slowly. And, you know, if you don't finish the lecture, it's okay. Like, you'll just finish it the next class. But with our program, we really have to kind of stay on schedule with our lectures and things, because if not, then, you know, you still have to learn the information. So then it comes back on us when it's around test time. We're still, you know, the day before a test learning two hours worth of information that's going to be on your test the next day. So it's kind of on us to take responsibility for that and keep up with the material so that our professors can go at the rate at which they're used to teaching it so that we're not all like crammed for time trying to learn things at the last minute. So going into it, I wish I had taken that seriously first quarter, but I did, um, starting my second quarter, I did start pre-reading and really studying every day to maximize my time. 
And then yeah. you have like a recording system, like let's say the mm -hmm. professor's going too fast. Are you able to like log in on some website and watch the recording? Yes, we have um, a system called Panopto, which I think a lot of schools use Panopto. Um, and so it just kind of depends on the professor that you have. Some professors will post the lecture and they'll only allow it to stay on the site for two or three days. Um, because they say they want you to, you know, take responsibility, go back if you miss the class, rewatch the lecture, take your notes, and then they want to take it down. But then there are other professors who will leave the um, recordings up all quarter, and then you can go back when it comes time for finals. And if you need to go back and rewatch a lecture, you can and retake your notes. So that's super helpful. I think that the experience that I'm gaining at South College is going to help me once I get out into the professional realm specifically because we are learning now how to handle the demand of the program and how fast paced it is. And so I feel like we're all going to be really good with time management skills, which will definitely benefit us as professionals. I don't know if I would have had that same type of experience if I had gone to a four year institution. I do think though, no matter what, um, program you choose, whether traditional or accelerated, that time management is very important. What mm -hmm. time management skills have you learned or do you think are essential for pharmacy students? The big one, which is probably really hard for all of us to do, would be to not hit snooze in the morning. And I would say that's probably number one for me, just because last quarter I was so bad about hitting snooze every morning. And there were some mornings where I would hit snooze so many times that I would wake up like an hour later than I had originally planned. And when that happens to me, that just kind of like ruins the tone for the whole day. Like I immediately feel stressed. I immediately just like have so much anxiety because I feel like I could have gotten so many more things accomplished. So yeah. definitely don't hit snooze if you can. If you um, can. It's an involuntary <laughs> response. If you can, yeah. that's worth yeah, break the habit of hitting snooze. Um, and also, if you're not a planner or a scheduler, learn how to be a planner and a scheduler um, because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put that into your daily routine. Just because, like you said, time management is so important and so crucial. So learn how to plan. Learn how to schedule out your time. Um, make to do lists. If that's not something that you're into, I think that that is really helpful. Um, I know a lot of people in our program who were like not list makers beforehand and they would always see me like making lists and then they started, you know, adapting that and they, I feel like could get so much more done just because for me, it's like, it just makes me happy to cross things off my to-do list. Like maybe that's really silly, but I just feel accomplished when I get everything done in a day. And also another tip would be organize your space. If you have a desk at your apartment or your house and you study at home, make sure wherever you're studying is really organized so that you're not wasting time trying to fix everything. And then I know sometimes when I am supposed to be studying for an exam, I will procrastinate and say, oh, I have to clean. Like everything's so messy and I just need to clean so that I can study. Go ahead and do that beforehand so that you're not using it as an excuse later. Yeah, we have to schedule on the planner, clean house, <laughs> clean. clean apartment. Yes, that is my excuse right there. Mm -hmm. 
So how do you handle the stress of it all? Being a pharmacy student, being a blogger? Yeah, it is definitely a balancing act for sure. Um, you have to remember to make time for what you love. Um, so for me, I love fitness and I love being healthy. So I always make sure that I make time to go to the gym. Even if I feel like I have so much to do, I will come straight home from school. I will put my bags down. I'll change and I will immediately go to the gym. And even if it's only for like 45 minutes, at least like I can get my blood moving, release some endorphins and then come back, sit down and I'll be in a better frame of mind. I feel to study for however many hours I have to study that day. Um, but definitely make time for what you love. You know, make time to hang out with your friends, hang out with your family if they're, you know, close to where you are. Prioritize yourself. That's been something that I have been learning how to do more recently. Um, you just kind of have to learn to say no. You can't say yes to everyone. And sometimes I feel like I can get really overwhelmed feeling like I have to do everything and say yes to everyone and help everyone. But sometimes you just kind of have to put yourself first and, you know, make sure you're staying happy and healthy because pharmacy school is extremely demanding <laughs> mentally and, you know, physically too, I guess. So you just kind of have to prioritize yourself. And then I also know that you are passionate about holistic approaches. Can you explain mm -hmm. to our listeners like what that means to you? Yes. So I get a lot of questions about this um, specifically because I am very like public with what I am passionate about through social media. So a lot of friends at school actually ask me about this. So for people who don't really know what that means, holistic medicine is basically treatment that's focused on the mind and the spirit just as much as your body as a whole. So you're trying to bring all of that stuff into coherence so that, you know, a patient's optimal health can follow afterwards. So for me, holistic isn't necessarily a way of practicing medicine. It's kind of like a broad term. Um, so to me, holistic kind of also means integrative medicine, which is basically just combining our 21st century, you know, Western medicine and prescriptions with alternative forms of healing, which could include things like acupuncture or sending a patient to the chiropractor or incorporating herbal medicine or going to yoga or, you know, aromatherapy, that type of stuff. So that's kind of what holistic means to me. So when I tell people like, oh, I, you know, incorporate holistic practices into my everyday life and they ask, okay, well, what does that mean? To me, that could mean practicing yoga. I do that quite often. Um, we actually have a studio not too far from my apartment called Real Hot Yoga and it's so much fun. You just go in and it's kind of like your hour and a half to kind of meditate and everyone who's in the room kind of has the same mindset. So it's always really nice to be surrounded by those types of people. Um, and you always leave feeling really good afterwards. You can also just meditate on your own, which um, I have a lot of friends through uh, Instagram, actually, who I know meditate, and I have been wanting to try it. So I downloaded this app called Headspace. And if you don't have it, you should get it. It's super cool. There's like all of these different like packs 
that you can listen to and it just kind of uh, teaches you how to do guided meditation and you can start at like five minutes a day and work your way up all the way to 30 minutes a day. Um, so that's something that maybe people could uh, incorporate into their daily life just to kind of get a little bit of clarity and get yourself back on track when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or something like that. Um, and I also use a lot of essential oils, which I know are kind of trending right now. Everyone seems to be, um, has their diffuser with all their essential oils going all the time, but those really work. Um, so I like to do that. And also just keeping in mind my nutrition and trying to eat really clean, um, taking vitamins every day. I try to make sure that I'm doing that. Um, so yeah, I feel like holistic has a bunch of different meanings, but just overall embracing all forms of, uh, health and medicine. I, but I do like your, um, definition, you know, connecting the mind, the body, the spirit and the soul, because if your soul mm -hmm. is not happy and you feel that you're empty, your mind's not going to be performing well. And if your mind's not exactly. performing well, your body's not going to be performing well. So I think, um, mm -hmm. meditation like yoga, um, I've tried it once. I didn't do too well on it, just sitting quiet <laughs> for such a long time. But um, I do see that the purpose in just shutting down for a little bit and just trying to figure out what is my purpose? Why am I doing this? You know, to get your mindset right. right. I always do the guided meditation, which is cool because I'll literally just like put it on my phone. And it's like this guy, he's got like an accent, but he just like talks to you like really soothing and like tells you exactly what to do. And I don't know, you just kind of lose yourself in the meditation, I guess. <laughs> it works. Hey, whatever works. I, I'm going to try it actually. We just yeah, gave free I, advertisement to this company, Headspace app. <laughs> <laughs> so why is, holistic, um, why is a holistic approach important when managing chronic conditions? Um, so this is a really good question, and it's really funny that you asked me that because I've been reading up and doing some more research on this lately, um, and I feel like by practicing medicine this way, you're practicing sustainable medicine, which is a term that I just recently have been familiarizing myself with um, because I am reading Sustainable Medicine by Dr. Sarah Myhill, and in her book, she talks all about sustainable medicine and basically how conventional medicine now, if you think about it, is really centered on symptom suppression, which is true because we're prescribing medications for patients who have these chronic, you know, illnesses, chronic pain, and we're giving them, you know, medications that are just going to numb the pain for right now, but in the long term the underlying issue that they're suffering from is not really being treated, if that makes sense. So to me, I feel like holistic medicine is super important with these type of conditions because these are the patients who are going to be suffering from these chronic symptoms. And for example, um, my grandfather, he suffers from a traumatic brain injury that he uh, ended up having um, quite a few years ago. But for him, you know, traditional medicine was trying to control his grand mal seizures wasn't really working for him. So for a lot of patients, integrative medicine is super beneficial because it's more gentle 
and you're not causing as many adverse effects and harm to the patient when you're just, you know, pumping them full of prescriptions. So I think that's super important to take integrative medicine and use it for chronic conditions and to manage those. And then you see, like, recently there's a big, um, big move into interprofessional relationships. Like you said, you know, if someone's in pain, instead of just giving them the pain medication, maybe send a referral to a chiropractor or a person who does acupuncture. And one thing that I love about your story is that you embrace the non-traditional path. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you didn't finish school, undergraduate career in the recommended four-year time, but you didn't let that stop you. You kept on moving forward. So what are some pieces of advice that you can share for us before we close for our pharmacy future leaders? My last piece of advice would definitely be for any students who, you know, have experienced any type of setbacks or disappointments, not to let that define who you are and that your attitude, the way you react and your attitude to those situations is really what defines you. So, you know, when you wake up in the morning, think about what your intention is for what you're doing, why you chose to go to pharmacy school, and just kind of remember your why and your passion. And I feel like that's just super important to keep in the forefront of your mind, you know, going forward every single day. And a big thing that I actually experienced this for myself during my first year is don't surround yourself with negative people. Surround yourself with only positive people all the time and people who are, you know, just as ambitious as you are, if not more, and who are just as passionate because you know, the people you surround yourself with are kind of the people that, you know, it reflects who you are. So I would definitely recommend making sure that the circle of people that you run with are, you know, the type of people that you want to have long lasting relationships with and who are going to build you up while you are on your journey through pharmacy school. Stay positive and fake it till you make it and (laughs) keep a smile. Yes, keep a smile on your face. It's it's an easy thing to say. It's hard to do. So remember that. Well, we enjoyed having you on today's show. Thank you for sharing your journey as a pharmacy student at South College School of Pharmacy and as the founder of Fast Forward Farm. Um, also, thank you to our amazing listeners. This show would not be possible without you. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for more fun tips, advice, and and updates on the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.